after this interview, Google like Shane Todd Belfast Telegraph or Irish News. Yeah. Any of the Q and A's I do, I lie multiple times for my own amusement. <laughs> and I did a podcast yesterday, and I mean the people who I did it with may even listen to this. But what happened was they said like, "Oh, do you have any hobbies outside of comedy?" <laughs> As like, you know, I'm a 32-year-old fucking da. Like, I don't really have any, I don't really have hobbies. So I said, oh, just archery. Now, I've never done archery in my entire life. And the girl went, oh, is that is that a joke? And I went, well, not really. I, I, pretty, I very nearly made the Ireland team for the uh, Rio Olympics. I was like, I, I did archery throughout school. And I was like, I'm thinking about getting back into it and all. I, I lie for my own enjoyment. So if you ask me a question... And I think I'm going to give you a boring answer. I'll just lie. <laughs> yeah, for entertainment purposes only. Like, <laughs> yeah. But that's what I appreciate. Do you know what I mean? Never, never let a lie get in the way of a good story. Like, yeah, just fucking. That's it. Sounds Welcome heavy. to stand up. Yeah. <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Finterviews. This is the very first episode of our 2021 season and I couldn't be happier to open up with a whopper of an episode. It is of course with the phenomenal Shane Todd. Now if you don't know Shane, you're going to get to know him very quickly in this episode. He is a comedian, presenter, podcaster and actor known for his hilarious sketches, sell-out comedy gigs and for being one of the biggest names to come out of the Irish comedy scene in probably the last decade. I spoke to Shane all about the dramas of a new lockdown and Brexit, his journey into the comedy spotlight, how his family inspired his humour, and everything from choir robes and Hollister Hell to arena gigs and what the future holds for Shane. Oh guys, I cannot tell you how thrilled I was to finally get Shane on the podcast. Honestly, um, for anybody from Ireland, especially from the north, um, they'll know Shane. Especially my generation, we grew up with him. Um, I know him from his sketches, from his comedy, and like even now he's uh, presenting on Radio Ulster. Um, really, uh, he was one of the ones that I had on the bucket list to get off. And um, yeah, it does not disappoint. I absolutely loved having him on and I cackle for about 90% of the podcast. He just has a direct line to my funny bone. So hopefully you guys will really enjoy it as well. So without further ado, please enjoy the very first episode of 2021's Finchviews with the wonderful Shane Todd. Well, welcome back to another episode of Finterviews on the show this week. I'm delighted to bring on Shane Todd. How's it going, Shane? Connor, I'm good. You're getting this as infectious. I mean, throughout lockdown, everything is bleak and dull and grey, but you might be the giddy. You're like an eight-year-old at a birthday party, and I love it, and I'm here for it. And let's just... I'm, I'm up for a good time. I'm oh, up for a good time. Oh, here. You're in for a treat then, because I'm just going to be pissed myself laughing. You'll say like, oh, well, Connor, I'm like... <laughs> if only if if only gigs work like that yeah there you, go. there you go yeah do you know what this is literally there's like all i do with my guests as well i like i've got actually like some people have said this being like do you laugh as much as like is this just like thing put on honestly it's not i think i'm just excited to like see people that aren't like you know that i don't live with anymore and i just yeah, get over excited joe it's a little things tiny little no, thing. I, i'm the same like look I, i've since lockdown, uh, it, it literally just me and my wife. And then about six months ago, we had a baby. So I just look at those two and genuinely, not, no offense to them. But when the postman arrives, I keep him talking for as long as possible. Like when he put when he puts his hands through the post box, I, I grab his fingers and stuff. I'm like, yeah, what, are you, what are you up to the rest of the day? Yeah. Delivering mail. Uh, so yeah, I know, I know what you mean. It is, it is funny to see new faces. And, you know, I did the podcast over Zoom quite a lot of the time as well. And, it is weird. It is weird to genuinely see other faces. Yeah. So, uh, I, know, I know what you mean by that. I think it's hilarious as well, because obviously I'm the one that's re- reaching out to people like yourself, you know, bigger creators, whatever like this. And for me to just be like, you're like, I'm not myself and the other person, she's being like, you're talking to some wee spacky kid on the internet. Like, go look. Look, like I think my lockdown. first time. <laughs> we got an exclusive there. <laughs> Actually, this changed my entire energy of Jesus Christ. Shane, tell us about that time. <laughs> yeah, look, chat roulette, you roll the dice, you know, uh, you see what you end up with. Am I allowed to swear in this podcast? Come on. Oh, fuck no. Oh, I like, I like what you did there. Uh, like yeah, like yeah. 
God, yeah. To know you're in with another comedian today. Yeah. Oh, no, God, I'm going to get uh, fucking cancelled off my brothers now. They'd be like, you're such a prick in this. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's 2021, isn't it? Describe it to, you just described being cancelled by your brothers. I mean, I thought like you could only be cancelled from, I don't know, the internet or a TV show, but you're like, no, I've been cancelled in my house. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, completely like removed a couple of times now. So, um, yeah, that's why I had to run down to Dublin here. So that's where I've actually sat up at the moment. Um, just, you know, getting that, you know, cross community kind of bond going here. Fuck that Brexit shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what we're working with right now. But um, I said, I said, sorry to interrupt, but I said, when people ask me about Brexit, I mean, we have this thing in Northern Ireland where we, because we're like a special case for Brexit, mm. people always ask our opinion on it mm. and we act like we know more about Brexit than everyone else. People in Northern Ireland, know, including myself, know fuck all about Brexit. <laughs> and I, I used to joke that if I was doing like, uh, excuse me, like BBC Five Live or something like that would call me and ask me about Brexit and I'd go on and they would say things like, uh, you know, so what does that mean for, you know, someone like you and, you know, traveling, that kind of thing. And I used to always say, oh, well, uh, this isn't funny, but I was like, the only thing I need to know about Brexit is if it's going to change the day my bins get collected, let me know. That's all I, that's all I care about. And genuinely, as soon as we went into Brexit, like last week or whatever, my bins haven't been collected for two weeks because our bin men are on strike. And at this point, I'm thinking about just tinfoiling the whole house and just bolting the, bolting the door shut. <laughs> It's the, it's the apocalypse. Jesus, yeah. Your worst fears have finally came alive. <laughs> 100%, yeah. I mean, your life's okay if your biggest fear is your bins not being empty, but, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm being brave and I'm going through it. Yeah, I feel like I have the most, like, middle-class struggle where uh, I was like, you know what, oh, I probably wouldn't have back too many things being, like, back down Dublin here. I don't know what the fuck it is. Maybe they import all their hummus in or whatever. I'm trying to be like healthy and be like, oh, we'll be like snacking. Like I'll try to be like, you know, see all these people with their avocados, different hummus stuff. I was like, yeah, I'll get like, get into like just chopping up like vegetables and just dipping it in stuff. And that way I'll not be a wee fat bastard. Um, turns out, uh, breakfast fuck that over everything. You can't get hummus for miles here. Don't I mean, yeah, yeah, you... You're doing okay if that's a, con- a genuine concern for you. You're doing okay. It's it, going all right. It truly is, yeah. <laughs> it's but, like the people complaining about what Marks and Spencer, you know, like Marks and Spencers don't deliver certain items in Northern uh, Ireland anymore. People are like, isn't this terrible? I'm like, people are dying. <laughs> and you can't get fucking Percy Pigs, you piece of shit. Here, the struggle's for real, do you know what I mean? I it's for all platforms. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think they are still doing Percy Pigs, and if they didn't, genuinely, I would riot. Yeah. <laughs> Love those things. Just have all the yummy mummies out the front door. <laughs> That's why they can't get their M&S on brand wine. Like. <laughs> and me, who looks like a yummy mummy. <laughs> yeah, this is why I like to keep 100%. on podcasts. Little do people know, you're dressed up to the dolls here, like, her rollers in. Full soon. Full <laughs> soon. But here, for maybe the people that don't know who you are, Shane. Um, there isn't. Well, who, who are you talking about? Who are you talking about? Because that is not a thing. I know you have to do that with other guests. I get it. But with me, don't worry about that section of the podcast where you're like, for people who don't know who Shane is, Connor, wise up. Wise up. Yeah, this is when you just log off. You're like, oh, sorry. I thought I was uh, coming on to, you know, fucking interview, not a charity case. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, 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 yeah, for anyone who doesn't know me, well, they won't be able to get this because they clearly don't have the internet. So. <laughs> well, in the rare occasion that they're coming from me to know you, I think they've got a fucking problem going on. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Yeah. true. I'm only joking, of course, but no. Yeah, it's fair. All right. <laughs> but maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, like your background, I suppose, just like... Well, I'm a Gemini and um, I like long walks and uh, chat roulette. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a... I'm a stand-up comedian, man about town, gallivanter. Um, I do podcasts. I mean, I, I, I do too many things when I list it. Mm. Like I do a ra- bit of radio, a bit of acting, mm. you know, a little bit of presenting and stuff. Really, I, I kind of would just describe myself as a comedian who does mm. some other things when I'm, you know, when I'm not able to gig because, uh, you know, the north of Ireland, northern Ireland, whatever you want to call it, 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 it uh, it's a great place but there as a stand-up there aren't that many gigs you kind of do have to do a lot of different mm. things as well like, to kind of support that like what you put down your insurance that you do that's that's what we're <laughs> just write fucking prints <laughs> yeah. just write the people's prints um 
I think I'm put down as an IT technician or some shit at the moment. Like, and Jesus Christ, I have hard enough time setting up Zoom, but you know what? Those rates are stellar. You're an IT technician. I'm done as a nail technician. It's a good time. I'm done as as a comedian, just as a comedian. And what's weird is I got a COVID test a couple of weeks ago. And when you drive through, I don't know if you've done one, you drive through, you phone this mobile number. Oh, yeah. And the the wee girl's at the hatch and she goes, what's your occupation? Here's me. I like roll my eyes and all. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, she can see me by the way in the car. And I go, comedian. And she goes, okay, that's you. Go on. And I was like, you don't want to ask me about it. <laughs> I don't want to like, do you want me to tell you a joke or something? I love it. Because if she was like, oh yeah, I would genuinely just do a 15 minute set. Because I'm escaping. Yeah, I was getting that to ask her. She's like, no, really, we do have a cube. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Oh, whereabouts you're from there? Yeah, you try to get yeah, like yeah. some crowd band to come on from her. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So... Uh, no, for anyone who doesn't know, um, yeah, I'm a stand-up comedian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that wrapped it all into one, pretty succinctly. Um, but like, as, <laughs> but I suppose, like, um, as I said just before this, I was trying to be really original with like my questions and interviews, and then I end up going for a walk today. I listened to some of the other interviews you're on, and uh, I kind of already know the questions to these. Well, some of them, but like, I want, do you know what? It'll, it'll do no harm. We'll refresh your memory. I think the last one I listened to that you're answering some of these questions was like 2019. So who knows? You may have like, you know, I'll changed answer up. them all differently. I'll lie. Like yeah. genuinely, Connor, right? No joke. <laughs> I was, I, I, I did a podcast yesterday, right? And I don't believe you. And it was a, it was a, it was a, no, I was like a guest on it, it was a, a guy and girl hosting. And I do this thing, and I won't, I won't do it. I genuinely won't do it here. You have my word. But like sometimes, if I'm doing an interview and I don't want to answer something, I will just like lie. But it's only for the benefit of, with a really specific lie, and it's only for the benefit of myself. Any newspaper interview I do, I mean, you're not going to do this after this interview. Google like Shane Todd Belfast Telegraph or Irish News. Yeah. Any of the Q and A's I do, I lie multiple times for my own amusement. And I did a podcast yesterday, and I mean the people who I did it with may even listen to this. But what happened was, they said like, "Oh, do you have any hobbies outside of comedy?" As like, you know, I'm a 32 year old fucking da. Like, I don't really have any. I don't really have hobbies. So I said, "Oh, just archery." Now I've never done archery in my entire life, and the girl went. Oh, is that is that a joke? And I went, well, not really. I, I pretty, I very nearly made the Ireland team for the uh, Rio Olympics. I was like, I, I did archery throughout school, and I was like, I'm thinking about getting back into it. No, <laughs> I I lie for my own enjoyment. So if you ask me a question and I think I'm going to give you a boring answer, I'll just lie. <laughs> Yeah, for entertainment purposes only. Like, <laughs> yeah, but that's what I appreciate. Do you know what I mean? Never, never let a lie get in the way of a good story. Like, yeah, just fucking. That's it. Welcome to stand up. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on Brexit? Love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But here, I suppose, when did you first get into, as you said, uh, kind of comedy? Because I know, like, it's something that, like, speaking to different people, like, um, I've had, like, say, people, as you're saying, there, last week had, uh, Vittorio Angeloni, I had Tim Gary on, doing Doherty. Everybody comes into this world of comedy, even Justin Safford, who I used to work with, comes in from the most random scenarios into this. Um, but you had a bit of a different one, uh, wasn't it? Whenever you were in tech and something, and it kind of, like, evolved from there. But, like, what I'm wondering is, like, how does it ever, like, get to that? Like, did you know that you had a passion for it and this was, like, potentially a path that you were going to go down? Or you had, a, did you, you had kind of, like, another path in mind for a while, didn't you? Well, it's, it's no, I, as much as I had a passion for comedy, like, you know, watching sketch shows and stand-up and all that kind of thing, like, I just loved, I love comedy in, like, the art form of it and then also, like, in real life, I love it as well. Like, yeah. I like coming on here, having a laugh with you or, uh, you know, when you're with family or whatever, like I, I, I love laughter. Like I love making people laugh. I love when people make me laugh. So, um, I always enjoyed it, but it was never really before I did it. It was, it wasn't really something I ever thought you could do. You know, mm. I was like, well, stand up is just a thing that I don't know. It's something I never saw a path into. I was like, you can't just decide you're going to go and do that. turns out you kind of, you kind of can, <laughs> but I, I didn't know that. And this was long before uh, social media really so you couldn't you the way we know it today you know you couldn't just dm a stand-up comedian that you like and say i'm thinking of doing this any tips you know yeah this was this was way before that so 
I loved comedy in school. I loved stand up and all that. But I, I, I was a not shy, but uh, I wasn't like a, I don't know. I wasn't confident in a performance sense. Mm-hmm. I, in, in school, I never would have done a school play. I never would have got into acting as much as probably deep down I would love to have done that. Yeah, I, I was worried about pe- what people would think. So whenever I was eighteen, I was in college and really starting to sort of feel comfortable in my own skin. You know, because. I went to an all-boys school and it was kind of stuffy. And oh, here, preaching to the choir. It, <laughs> it, it, didn't, it, it just didn't suit me. It, it mm. really didn't suit me. I, I went to a really good school, but um, it, it just wasn't my vibe, kind of. So I went to college. I dropped out of school at 16 and went to college. And just silly things like wearing your own clothes and, you know, getting the bus in the Belfast City Centre. It just made me feel a wee bit like, not a different person, but I don't know, it's hard to describe. It made me be like, all right, like I feel like this is kind of me. Yeah, and, you're coming um, to your own a wee bit more rather than like. Do you know what I always put it down to? Like the all boys school, like the non-uniform days, the most stressful fucking time of my life. Everybody's coming in and they're like jerseys and they're like whatever. Like do you know just like tracking stuff like this? I'm like, I mean, if people couldn't tell already, I'm not a big fucking sporty person. I'm like equal parts unathletic and also like really really competitive so that just doesn't work for me at all so i remember like coming in and jeans stuff and like you wouldn't think you know walking around town anything else normal you go into an old boys school wearing something that you might wear you know randomly it's like a oh try to act up are you boy <laughs> like except I know, half I know them, exactly what you mean except half of them are farmers from south Farma. yeah so um <laughs> yeah that was a bit of a different scope for me but i i understand yeah kind of like getting out of that kind of Shield thing, yeah. You kind of yeah, get to yeah. be yourself, but just felt just felt more more sort of more comfortable as a person. So, mm. um, at about eighteen, I, I started thinking about stand up and and going right. Well, is this something I could maybe do? I had like a bit of an urge to do it, and I thought like maybe I'll do this once, say I've done it, and then that's it. It was never going to be a career path for mm. me. I didn't think it was ever a viable career path, even after I've been doing it for a number of years, I still didn't think like, oh, this is just, a, just it, it just felt like for a long time, the most fun hobby in the world. And so I, I gave it a go. I, I did a gig in the black box in Belfast. I emailed a guy that was running a comedy club. can't remember where I got his email. And um, I asked for a spot. He put me on. It was a total disaster. I mean, it, it, it was a disaster and the, the material I'd planned all went out the window. Mm. I forgot it all because the nerves got the better of me. I'd never... I'd never performed before. Apart from everything, anxiety, I, you know, I guess you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just came on all of a sudden. And the, the, I mean, the only experience I've had on stage was I used to fucking rip it up in school choirs, like, <laughs> like rip it up. You know, like to the point where, like, honestly, I, I didn't think I was that good a singer, but I was in Strand. I went to Strandham Primary School in Belfast, and you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just one of the guys. I'm in the choir. You know, it's a good time. Then all, then all of a sudden, these cathedrals... It's a bit like in the primary school choirs, like playing for an Irish League football club. Yeah. Like you're Glentor and you're Linfield, you're Cliftonville. And then the cathedrals come down to scout the, comp- you know, scout the town. That's a bit like Real, Madri- like Real Madrid and Barcelona coming down to watch the match. Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden these cathedrals are like, listen, come and sign for us, mate. So I remember genuinely going to St. Dan's Cathedral and St. somewhere else's cathedral. And this is like proper choiring. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, none, none of the amateur like, shit. Fuck that! All the guys in the school choir. I was like, go fuck yourselves! I was like, I'm in a cathedral choir now. And um, and then I was like, yeah, I was like, this is great. And then the the guys running it were like the the uh, religion guys running it were like, here we're doing performance on Saturday at a wedding. You got to wear this, and it was like a, a silk purple dress. And I was like, hey. I'm on to you guys. I was like, get me out of here. Get me out of here. You know, uh, it, hey. it was weird. I, I was all right with the with the ball gag, but I draw the line. The silk dress, guys, come on. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, why do you want us to sing and not just let me wear jeans and a fucking Man United shirt? No, I need to wear a, a pink dress in front of a a, a, a minister or whatever. It would have been a red rag to a bull. Or a, well, or, well, no, a purple rag to a priest but i was like no i'm not in, in the so that was the only time i performed was in choirs. Yeah. i left that behind in primary school for secondary school i was like no i'm leaving the choir game behind someday i might get into it in the future i don't know but um like join the harlem gospel choir or something i know but 
yeah, stand. I don't know if this answers your question, but my path into stand up was like I admired it from afar for a long time, and mm-hmm. then I kind of just thought, out of curiosity, let me go and do this, and it kind of just it went it went from there. But it, it wasn't like a it wasn't like a quick thing for me. Like I, it was a hobby of mine for a long time. And, mm. and there was periods where I was like, yeah, maybe just ditch this next year or, or whatever. Mm. And, uh, and I just sort of stuck with it and it, it clicked sort of, you know, where I was like, okay, no, I think I might have a talent for this. And, and then progress to actually, maybe I should just be doing this full time. So it's been long. Like, I've, I mean, I've been doing stand up for this is like my fourteenth year of stand up, which is uh, which is nuts. But uh, but it's it's I, I love it so much that it's it's a, such a huge part of my life. And my even the times where I was like, you know, I might not do this anymore. It was just a case of feeling like maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe I need to get focus more on a job or a career. Yeah. It was never. It was never my passion for stand up. Never went away. So it's weird. Like for fourteen years, I've been really really into it, and. Uh, <laughs> And not being able to do it for the last year, well, on and off, but not being mm. able to do it really for the last year or so has only made me only made me appreciate it more. Like, yeah, sure, you're laughing, like, do you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> no, it's bad to hear about even like, in, like anybody that kind of has gotten to this career, like especially for yourself, like anybody you know from Northern Ireland, North, whatever you want to call it, as again, like, like you especially have been like, I feel like such a staple, like not saying like, well, yeah. Like, I've kind of grown up, like, saying yourself, you know, wherever it was on screens or, like, you know, on social media as well. You're kind of one, like, the main ones that's, like, consistently, like, always up there. And it would have been, like, the same with, um, even, like, Colin Gaddis, you know, Barry yeah. the Blender Henderson. It's, like, yeah. when you're at an all-boys school, you're growing up and you're seeing, like, these funny guys on the internet. And you're just, like, God, you know what I mean? Like, but you never kind of understand, like, how they get in there or whatever like this or how you kind of, like evolved from there but good to know that like i mean it's essentially just choir than comedy is that like uh is that choir is that, my is that life, fair enough <laughs> my life goes choir comedy family mm, yeah. <laughs> in that order um, <laughs> yeah i know the choir days are behind me but uh but you never know you never know yeah. Um, but yeah i mean it's 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 very it's even weird to, to hear you know sort of like you you get in well personally like i i just get into my own world with Mm. with comedy and this kind of thing and going through like a routine of writing sketches and going out to do gigs and Mm. it's not that you're not leading a normal life because like listen me calling all those guys like we're doing well at comedy but it's not like we live in a different world you know what i mean like we're still very much like grounded because we do this sort of in northern (laughs) ireland but it's just it's weird the idea that there would be you know a, a sixth form common room in Armagh or wherever you're saying you were and, yeah. and there's people like watching my videos like that that doesn't I never think about that in, yeah. in like the best possible way because you know you maybe start to like you can overthink it and start to get nervous or feel pressure mm. I never think about people like watching my stuff if that, I don't know if that makes sense but like um yeah and it, and it's another thing of like because it's such a changeable industry if you like comedy mm. you, you never personally like I, I feel like i never really take a second to reflect i'm always really 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 grateful for anything that goes well mm. but you're always you always have to be thinking of the next thing so if i really probably stopped and thought about the gigs i've done and maybe past videos and stuff like that you could be really proud uh, and I probably will be someday, but at the minute, it's like I'm still as keen for stuff to work as I was when I was putting out the first video. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> still got the same balls around you. Well, I mean, we'll be getting on some of those questions later on, anyway. So, like, maybe, maybe we'll get to like relive some of that, and also maybe some some of the horror stories or whatever. But like, I suppose, like, <laughs> oh yes, sir. <laughs> but I suppose, like, as well, um, like from like as you you kind of said, like, um you're also appreciative of, you know, comedy, you know, content, whatever it was. And obviously you got into this uh, kind of whole world and atmosphere and, you know, you've been building it up over the last couple of years between different characters, different kind of, just different humours, but something that obviously has stretched on and like has such, it wasn't like, you know, quick burnout. It's like had such longevity to it. Like, 
but what I'm wondering, like, was there any kind of inspiration, kind kind of humor or comedy or like anybody that particularly influenced you? Because I feel like I said this to a couple of ones. It, it, I mean, it tends to be any like the comedians I talk to from North there, like, would tend to be around Belfast area, and uh, I always kind of give a story of like. I feel like your surroundings are such an informative, you know, way to like find out your type of humor and comedy. Like, as yeah. first time I was up in Belfast, whatever, like this, I was at a bar, or well, was taking this girl on a date, whatever, like this. End up couldn't get her in somewhere, so we went to the crime bar. Guy comes up to us, literally goes, "Do you want a magic trick? Do you want to see a magic trick?" Has a big trench coat all on, as expecting a flash, pulls off his ear. I think that's like just a perfect like encapsulation. You're not going to really see that elsewhere. Do you know what I mean? Was it my dad? Uh, it yes. should have been. It probably, <laughs> yes, was. So. It probably was. That's an old one of his. Um, yeah. <laughs> the per the probably the person that um I what would have been influenced by the most wasn't wasn't a stand up, but it was probably my my granny, my granny Peggy, because she like pulling off her ear as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No nose, hers was her nose. Oh, um, okay, yeah, yeah. No, she <laughs> She was just very, she had that very sort of sharp working class um, sense of humor and mm. was really, really good at cutting somebody down just with one line, you know. And and so much of bad comedy is taking so long just to get to the thing, to say the thing. Yeah. You know, we call it like a setup or, or for your punchline, you know, and we're all guilty of sometimes we ramble on when we're doing comedy. The best comedy is just punch after punch. Mm. And my granny was really good at just like having a classic line. Uh, so I grew up in, in kind of that environment of always being in her house of with aunties and cousins and uncles and stuff of like, you really have to think in your feet and you got to mm. be quick with your humor because humor was everything. If you were funny, you were really popular. Like it didn't yeah. really, nothing else mattered. It didn't matter what your job was or, or what age you were, anything like that. But if people knew you as like, he's actually pretty funny, it counted for a lot. So, so she was definitely a big, big influence. And I've, I've, I've just, I kind of always been around funny people. You mm. know, I, I, I naturally like gravitate towards people that are, that are funny. Like it's, mm. it's, it's humor over everything for me, you know? So probably influenced by loads and loads of different stuff. And the, the, the characters that you're, you mentioned there um they are influenced definitely by real people but also and also stereotypes as well but mm. but it's kind of a it, it, they're they're always a combination of a lot of a lot of different people because i think you got to be you know probably have to be careful not to uh, you know base a, a character on a real life person that mm. isn't in the public eye because probably like very bad like but sly like so <laughs> so you're, you're maybe taking an element yeah you're taking an element from 20 different people or, or 10 different people or, or whatever it is hmm. so essentially one hearing is uh your granny was just great at just roasting the shit out of people and uh yes, <laughs> yes. And, and that's entirely where you get it from probably yeah no but i think that's kind of with everybody as well like i mean you were kind of mentioned there a bit about like the lead up to like you know the build up to a joke and stuff like this I'm so guilty of this like even in the podcast I know Ooh. I ramble on stuff like that as well but for somebody that is able to just you know crack somebody like straight down so quickly like there's like I think there's just an appreciation for like a that person's brain is working so quickly and so sharp that they can just like slice you into like uh yeah. we we kind of have a similar one like an auntie like oh whatever like um i think she like where her name's deidre anyways right and um she has been called deirdre and like obviously this like anytime we'll go like around all the cousins all like this similar kind of apps here everybody's kind of cracking jokes whatever like this but you kind of have to be sharp my cousin um she'd be like very slim kind of girl but uh i remember she like try to you know get in a quick one at daydream being like oh yeah whatever and dirty whatever like this uh blah 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 kind of made some joke around her right like without like hesitation wife like missing a breath like she just turns around her and go like i was asking her she asked her about something like a bra size or something like this was trying to take the piss out of her without like losing a breath she just turned around to this girl <laughs> like her niece and was like you look like two aspirins on an ironing board and just like cut the conversation out like I remember, like, not just thinking that, just being like, that, that's, that's both cutting 
and really yeah. accurate. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, when yeah. there's a visualization to it, I was just going like, all right, dude, just fucking wind yourself yeah. in. Like, <laughs> 100 yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's what i like i like i like see i like cutting people down but but like getting it as well from yeah. my friends and stuff you know like that that has to be part of it mm. like you have to be able to, to obviously take it if you're going to give it out yeah that's it <laughs> but i suppose like as well before this kind of whole career as you said it's been building over through i can podcast and comedy content creation everything else i mean jesus christ like freaking radio shows and you know series on bbc do you know what i mean like it's been pretty eclectic before all of us like maybe tell us about some of the characterable jobs that you had growing up that maybe like informed the person that you are today similar kind of situations like maybe inspiration from family and friends i don't know if you had many kind of like random jobs that like you know as you said like inspiration for different characters or anything like this um yeah well i I think my first it was difficult like whenever I was younger to have time for like a part-time job because obviously I was you know competing in archery so much but uh, <laughs> but when I wasn't I I think my first job was when I was 15 I I was a dishwasher basically at mm. uh, a restaurant I, the yacht club in in the posh part of Hollywood and uh, that's where the Mike McGoldrick character came from because I, I encountered so many larger than life eccentric uh loud guys these yeah. characters i'd never really met before um you, you know people who were never reined in like you mentioned reining in there are people who never been reined in in their life and i was only used to people that were reined in because if you got a, if you were above your station or whatever you were put in your place where, where where i was from but these guys were just anything goes just really loud and brash and um year, years later that influenced that but um but yeah, I I was a dishwasher for a couple of years, uh, which which was great crack because you were you were always on with somebody else, like another fellow your age, and and mm. still actually friends with a couple of those guys now. So and and in the kitchen, I don't know if you ever worked in a kitchen, but there's like a good atmosphere because like the it's stressful. Like when I, when it's hot, then you know you're firing out loads of orders and stuff. But then in the more relaxing times, like chefs are nutcases, so it's always good crack. And uh, there was one particular guy I worked with uh, called Frankie, who was just a complete character and loved, loved working with him. Um, I worked whenever I was 16. I started also working a summer job uh, for like a finance magazine, just as like an admin guy doing doing odds and ends. But mm. I would have like, I always had like good work ethic and that's it. So I would have like worked that job nine to five during the summer and then got the train back to Hollywood, got on my bike that I parked at the train station, cycled down to the yacht club and work, work there. You know, I just, <laughs> I just kind of liked working. I liked to earn a few quid. So uh, I did that. I worked in a couple of garages around near where I lived. Um, and then I worked, I worked in Hollister in Victoria Square. Oh, wow. Uh, that's yeah. a good one for the CV now. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's it's it's great for the CV. What like when you're trying to get gigs in comedy, you know, if if, if you could say you worked in Hollister, uh, you know, it opens a few doors. Um, no, that was that was weird. I was a here's the thing when you when you went for an interview to work in Hollister, they essentially just wanted good looking people, right? That's all they were. In. They may as well have said it, but they found so many ways to skirt around the issue, and they were hiring they were hiring front of house. So people who would like greet you as you walked into the shop, they you were like, did not do front of house, did you? I didn't do front of house. They were oh, the A-listers, right? So they were sorry. the A-listers. <laughs> no, it's fine. They used to like they used to have the shirt off as well, like and, and, yeah. and fucking weird. Then you the next tier down, you had like uh, shop floor staff, so they would serve you at the tills and they'd be there if you needed a hand. Hmm. Then the bottom rung was overnight, which was basically as soon as the shop closed. You go back in and you fold everything, and get the shop sitting perfect. Because what they did that was so weird was they didn't have any hangers really, so yeah. everything was folded perfect, sitting on top of each other. So if you went in and tried on a t-shirt, you just pulled your size out of this big pile. People had to go in and perfectly, and like you had to do it meticulously, reset the whole thing. <laughs> so they were like the the bottom looking, the bottom rung of good looking people. I didn't get hired at all. And then they phoned me because one of the people for the overnight couldn't take the job. They were like, do you want to get in? So that's where I found out where I stood on the good looking scale. Um, 
<laughs> so I did that for I did that job for a couple of months and hated it. <laughs> Everybody was fake. Like nine out of ten people that worked there were so fake. Like they worked in Hollister in Belfast and they thought that they worked in Hollister in California. Like, you know what I mean? Like, isn't it's not like the joke as well that like whenever you hear like anybody working a holster being like oh we let her get in there it's like oh yeah i got like scouted for it like i remember that was yeah. like big thing when like ones would like go up to like that fast to do their shop and be like oh you know we need to go in a holster and literally all you're going in like you, like nobody could afford anything either and then they just maybe buy that like bottle spray stuff do you know that they like i'm sure pretty sure they yeah. fuse it into the air so everybody just comes out smelling like a horny teen like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was weird so worked there and then i worked uh before i went full time in comedy i, I worked in a call center for oh, a couple of years has to be done that was actually going to be my first job and then um like <laughs> I have no idea. It was, it was my first interview for a proper job. Before all this, I had already worked in like doing strawberry picking at like my uncles and dad's farms. And I remember, I don't know if you had this whenever, uh, did they like ever, I was supposed to be like customer care or something like this. And, uh, <laughs> they put me in a scenario where somebody had an issue and you had to like go around it. But before this, I would have been like, you know, my hobby would have been like going to like little theater and acting things, whatever like this. Um, so whenever they gave me the scenario for it, let's just say like John Doe, this is like a situation. I took it as like a character reference. So I was like, I am John Doe and I've got an issue. And they called me into the room. And that's what I did. I started like, be like, well, yeah, I'm just like really upset. With them. And then still managed to get the job. I mean, it turned it down for um, pizza company. I probably can't mention anymore, but equally hurry. Uh, yeah. Rhymes with that. Yeah. Yeah. I said Domino's and it's a pizza company that rhymes with Domino's. Well, I can't say yes or no. Just <laughs> say so... Domino's. <laughs> like nobody, nobody from Domino's will listen to this and get in touch. That's not going to happen. That's like, I, do you know what? My first ever one, like my first ever podcast thing, I went on a roundabout for a good like half an hour. First of all, I need to call out half an hour content because I was just talking shit about it. But I just realized I was like, if I ever like, <laughs> like I, maybe it'd be great to not be, you know, try to blacklist myself from like any of these people. <laughs> like, What do you think's going to like, say you, I don't know if you're going to edit this out. I don't think you should ever edit anything out of a podcast. <laughs> but let me say this. What's the big fear that, you know, that in 20 years you'll be doing this podcast, you'll be doing Joe Rogan, and Domino's are about to give you a 50 million pound endorsement deal, and then they go back to the back catalogue to this episode and go, cancel it. What's going what's you worry somebody's going to spit in your dominoes? What are you worried about? I don't know. I feel like it's just like one of those things. Like, okay, well, yeah, obviously it was dominoes. Like, whatever. I'm not slating them in this podcast. Watch this. Watch this, right? Watch this. (laughs) Fuck Pizza Hut. I have no reason to say that, but still. (laughs) We're burning bridges. We're burning bridges. Exactly. Well, I mean, if I'm getting cancelled by a family, I don't really want to get cancelled by corporations. You know that kind of way? Yeah, true. true. (laughs) Like, I'm running out of bridges to burn here, realistically. like True. But um, oh fuck it! Papa John's go fuck yourself. Let's just get <laughs> let's get them all. Let's get them all. Okay? Yeah, any of the big ones. Yeah, whom whom am I streaming this on Spotify? Prex, God, absolutely cons. Um, I'm not going to say that. I totally disagree with that because I'm hoping for a Spotify day. Oh, so I'm going to say that you're totally in the wrong there. Spotify <laughs> one of the best of the best streaming services. <laughs> well, maybe this will be my next question before you sold out, Shane. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I think that's like. It's kind of one of those things as well. Like, I don't even know where I was getting to that. But, like, yeah, odds of those jobs, I feel like they kind of, like, you need to do them to kind of humble yourself, at least. Or, like, get in those situations where it's, like, maybe this, like, quarters you back down as a person. As if, you know, your local families will, won't do that for you anyways. Be, like, fucking notions on you. Yeah, you're necking, like that. But, um, I, I honestly don't even know what I was talking about anymore. <laughs> neither do i'm not sure what the question was but the answer is sure (laughs) the answer is yeah the answer is still archery like yeah that's what we're working archery archery and choir (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i suppose this is kind of a horrendous question to ask anybody during lockdown but i still feel like it's a fair enough one because as i've said you've kind of done a lot of different other escapes around here but like what does an average day look like for you I mean, like, is there one day that's same? I mean, did you ever expect to be doing, like, <laughs> chat long interviews? I mean, my God. Like, no. I said... Not I said many people do. I've been saying for a while it would take a pandemic before I did this. <laughs> I said that. Um, what's an average day for me? Yeah, different all the time. I mean, 
different to the point where like my timings might be different and stuff, but the mm. the overall goal for the day is kind of uh, you know entertain our son, make sure he's okay, get him his bottles. That kind of that's a priority, mm. and then uh, you know get out for a walk, stuff like that. Um, work yeah. out, run something like that. Like just I like I really like keeping active, um, especially at the minute. So I'm doing all that kind of stuff, and then then work. I'm still just working away, even though there's not a lot happening. I'm just keeping sharp for when things do open up again. So I always have my notepad beside me, just in case I have a thought of stand up or a sketch or anything like that. Um, and just the podcast is kind of the big, the big focus for me at just at the minute. Um, but then when stand up gets back, that'll that'll go back to also being, you know, my kind of day to day thing. So. Just, just doing like as much as I can, um, but also not spreading myself too thin. I'm making sure I've got enough time to, you know, yeah, be a dad and husband. So yeah, and do charity work on the side. I mean, like this. I mean, it's 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 great to know that you're really ticking all the boxes. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose as well. Um, from this. Oh, I think I'm, I'm back. You froze, you froze me there, but you're back. You're back. Oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah. See, this is actually Spotify, like, cut me down. Actually, you know what? Um, Zoom, great, great advertiser to be with. Yeah, we'll try maybe get with them. But um, I suppose from Aussie doing odd and end jobs to getting to where you are today, have there been any major stand-up moments that kind of came from this whole career, like, career, your life, whatever it is, that you maybe never thought could have happened? Like... Like, did, did you ever expect to be doing, like, a rave lockdown for BBC? Like, I mean, I never expected to be listening to BBC Radio Ulster and bits and pieces to affect me emotionally. But, yeah. I mean, it only took pandemic, as you say. Yeah, I mean, look, honestly, honestly, nearly all of it stands out in a way because I never thought I would be doing any of this. I never thought I would be doing stand-up as a job. The, it, mm. it, it, it literally is my dream job, like, and... Um, very very lucky to be able to to get to do it but any kind of milestone or cool thing that happens um i i am always really really grateful for one thing that stands out is um the first time i did what i would consider like a a, a big venue which myself which was mandela hall mm. queen student union um it just it wasn't really something that it, the comedians of my age or generation had, had really done mm. at that point like we 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 have a thing where like we, we don't want to put ourselves out there you know and and it still honestly happens from time to time where you're like no you know we should that's for the touring comedians you know you get you you don't want to feel like you're looking above your station or anything like that but i i did mandela hall a place where i would have went and watched a lot of comedy and and it was i, I sold it out and and, and just had such fun doing like my show so that that was that was brilliant and that that's kind of the same feeling again anytime i do a, a sort of solo show like a tour show or anything like that the fact that the fact that anyone comes to see it is great <laughs> Honestly, like the, like, the bar is that low <laughs> if you get one you know, no, yeah like, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I do, i'm gonna give you going like obviously I know, I know. jesus <laughs> no 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 i i do i do set high standards but honestly the bar is the bar probably is lower than you think without being the fetist and that the, the goal is be able to do stand up, be funny. And even like, you know, sometimes those gigs you do where maybe I do a tour show in a new place that I've never done before. And we sell 20% of the tickets, but it's actually a bit of crack and good fun. They're honestly nearly just as enjoyable as the likes of the waterfront hall or something like that. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> like the, the, the bar is, I don't even know if there is a bar because it's such a changeable thing, this mm. comedy and, and you don't know where it's going to take you. And like, look, I think most local comedians, we were, we were riding the crest of a wave before the pandemic. It, 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 it peaked like comedy here, people's appetite for it. Uh, the amount of people coming out to see live comedy and stuff. It was amazing. And, uh, and, and we haven't been able to do it really since March. So, mm. You, you kind of have to be very interchangeable with your goals. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose that's fair enough. <laughs> like, yeah, like it doesn't like, I suppose, like that's kind of similar to other ones I've child too. It's not always about like, you know, bigger venue, whatever the thing like this, but like more to even the fact, like, I suppose 
it depends like you know say that you fucking like had everybody pissing themselves like and it was all like what like 40 people in the audience like it'd be the same kind of buzz off it yeah, yeah. definitely 100% there are even any like kind of like errors that you've done that you just were like oh this is going to be like horrendous to do and then maybe just turned out actually fuck that actually went much better than I expected yeah yeah quite a few especially if you haven't if you go somewhere and they haven't had comedy on before, they're maybe starting a comedy club for the first time, hmm. you know, somewhere like out of the city that, that are like, ah, oh, we'll give this a go. You worry about so many factors. Like, is everyone going to be able to see and hear me? Like, that's the basic requirement for stand-up. It doesn't always happen. You know, <laughs> you can find out the layout of the bar is like, try, you know, like a, like an L shape. So like half the people can't see you and you're like, <laughs> What, how do you think this is okay? And like the sound, the, like sometimes you'll, you'll get booked for a gig and you'll get there and the people running it are like, this hasn't happened in a while, but they're like, have you got a microphone and all with you? And you're like, have you? <laughs> I'd heard that what? one before. All There's that a... kind of stuff. <laughs> so it's, uh, oh, look, I would, uh, but don't get me wrong. The fact that, it, you know, it's, it's, it's been away for a while. Like I would kill to go and do, a place in the back end or nowhere with a shit PA system and a bad layout, I'd, I'd kill for that now. Like, so when it's bad, it's never too bad, you know? Yeah, to start start off, maybe go to a bus stop or something like that, just just to get the buzz anyway. off. Like. Anyway. <laughs> but, like, on the contrary to that, I know that, you know, it's like, there's never really been, like, any, you know, really, like, horrendous, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe horrendous or things like or nothing's really been all of the things that you've done so far have been great but have there been any kind of like major you know particularly not great moments or stories that have came from working in this kind of entry that as you say from the outside you know me kid in school watch your videos be like this lad just seems to be fucking having a laugh his life like is there anything like in particular that you've kind of realized since being in this like oh didn't really expect that to be like an issue um I mean, look, to answer your question, things go badly all the time. You know, for every for every good moment, you probably look back and realize you've had a you've had a, a bad moment. Mm. I'm pretty like I'm a very laid back guy. Like I work hard, but I'm like naturally like laid back. So yeah. I definitely take the rough with the smooth. But yeah, you can I mean having bad gigs, sometimes people will say, Have you ever had a bad gig? And you're like, listen we're all capable of having a bad gig at any moment. It doesn't matter who you are. Like Dave Chappelle is the best, in my opinion, the best stand-up in the world at the minute. He can have a bad gig. Any, anyone at any time can have a, sometimes there's no rhyme or reason for it. Sometimes you do know why it happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the same with videos as well. You know, you put something out and it, it doesn't get the likes that something else would. You just kind of have to accept that that's part and parcel of it. And I mean, it's human to like, you know, have some people like some things, some people don't like others. Hmm. Uh, it's a real mixed bag, but like, yeah, in terms of something that stands out, um, the one of the worst things is whenever you travel for a gig and it doesn't go well because you, <laughs> you know, that's the commitment of time and yeah, time's very valuable to me. So, like, if I've gone over to Manchester for talk's sake and had a bad tour show, it pisses me off because you kind of if you have a bad gig in Belfast, you just drive home and you're out of the mindset of it. Yeah. Whereas when you're there, you're just kind of thinking about it and being a bit hard on yourself. So um, not, nothing really stands out. And it, it, it is that thing of like when things are going badly, you're still in a position where you're doing the job that you love. So you can't really be, you can't really be too upset about it because you can always go again. You know what I mean? If it's a gig and it does, or a bit of material that doesn't go well, mm. you can go and do another gig tomorrow night and see if you can make it better and, and work on that material. So I don't know, like nothing really stands out, but things can things can go badly at any moment. You just kind of have to be able to understand that, that every joke you tell isn't going to get a laugh. Every video you put out isn't going to be a hit, but just keep doing the things that you think are funny. And if you're if I'm enjoying myself, then I'll just keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose, like, if that's, like, the worst-case scenario, really, like, where it's, oh, maybe joke doesn't last, you know, a gig doesn't go too bad, like, that's really, like, <laughs> I mean, you're winning the Sanchi, like, either way. Yeah, <laughs> if that's I, where I you're living. A, it's... I put a podcast clip out a couple of days ago, and this guy wrote under it, like a like an adult man, was like, um, <laughs> I love your videos, mate, always have, but this one's really disappointed me. 
<laughs> that's like, like a parent. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm not angry. Like, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I was like, you're, you're not paying for this, right? You haven't made a financial commitment for this. I haven't signed a contract with you that you're going to enjoy everything I do. And it's like, it's to me, it's so dumb to like say that. It's like, I get like, there are genuinely comedians who put stuff out and can't hack it when it doesn't go great or people yeah. like, react negatively to it. They're like, mm. some people delete videos because they're like, oh, no one liked that. It's like, well, you must have liked it to put it up, so leave it up. Yeah. But, but to have like an adult person leave like negative comments on a video like shite didn't like it or whatever first of all you have to definitely be able to take that and in no way let it affect you mm. but like who are these people like what are you what do you think what are you hoping to achieve by like, like i'm not going to change what i'm doing you know yeah. <laughs> like, I, thanks for your input sir. Yeah, exactly exactly i just i just find it funny but like you know for for doing stand-up for, from a young age and kind of doing every bad gig that you can imagine and having every bad experience on stage, your skin, you have a very thick skin. Yeah. So like you, you, there's nothing you can write under a video negatively about the video that's going to impact my life for a split second, you know? I take it as a challenge, actually. Uh, <laughs> we're just saying, I'm not going to be tro- trolling you for the next while. <laughs> Go for it, I'll throw you back. <laughs> <laughs> there's a respecty freak fucking chances are <laughs> I suppose, yeah, that's it. Like, do you know what I mean? I kind of put them in the same character, uh, character category as, like, do you know the Facebook post where it say, like, oh, whatever, like, some new research or whatever like this, and then they have, like, Dorothy from Inniskillen that's just been, like, wrote an essay being, like, here's my opinion on it. It's like, mate, do you know what I mean? You're just, like, you're shouting into your way out, would you ever, like, but yeah. at the end of the day, that's what it is. Like, you know, there's no real harm done in it it's just kind of like oh, why would you at <laughs> some time maybe, exactly. maybe maybe they don't need to worry about their timing too much they got plenty of it yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> but i suppose as well from like obviously doing these huge standard shows um to podcasting to everything else like what like i know you've kind of said like it's hard to judge now but because we're in a pandemic but what does kind of future hold for yourself I mean, like, is there a five-year plan or any big goals that, like, you're looked to achieve that you maybe haven't so far? Like, because from the sounds of it, like, it's, I mean, from the different, like, shows, like, it's so eclectic. Like, where, where, where'd you go from here? I mean, or is this maybe, like, is it, is it time for a plateau? <laughs> Could be. Could be. I think you. I think Everything goes not... downhill from this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're telling me. But, um, no, I think, uh, I mean, you never know. You never know the idea of like things things going downhill or whatever. I mean, it will happen at some point. I think you just have to, you know, if you're if you're doing things you're passionate about and still enjoying, then mm. I think you'll sort of be okay. But you might there will be a time where you're not seen as like the, you know, the new the young guy, the the new guy. You know, you, already like I'm not really mentioned as like a young comedian anymore, and even like when I was 29, 30, that, that's not really young, but still you're clumped in this category. And I still am from time to time. And I would still probably say I was a young comedian weirdly. Mm. Um, but it's like, it's like your favorite film stars who, who suddenly aren't as popular as they were. You know, you look at someone like, I mentioned this to someone recently, take uh, Jim Carrey, for example. Oh God, it's like milk. <laughs> but 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 he ha- I, I don't think he has because I think you you see someone like that and they're doing the same kind of sort of goof goofball films the best films yeah. when I was growing up Ace Ventura The Mask all that kind of thing but then that style of humor just stops being the thing that people enjoy yeah. so all of a sudden they they find a new guy and then you think oh well you think Jim Carrey's done or he's not cool anymore or whatever but then he then reinvents himself and it. it takes a while and he has to go and explore what he wants to do but now like like jim carrey is great when he's interviewed he went through a real weird patch i thought um with like performance like life art but now he has come around to be this like really really intelligent easy to listen to guy who is probably just doing projects at the minute he's passionate about he doesn't need to do stuff for money and all that kind of thing so it's one of those things where like you know, you can't expect to always be as popular 
as you were, like your popularity is going to go up and down. Mm. But the sooner you accept that, the better. Um, in terms of me, no, I don't really have a five-year plan or anything like that. My plan is always no more or less than uh, be able to support my family. It's literally that. It's like, you know, can we can we make our mortgage and 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 you know maybe go on a holiday once a year or something like that? That that is a that's a win. Any, mm. Anything more than that is is just totally a bonus. So, with, with with like work stuff, I'm enjoying everything I'm doing at the minute, and maybe I'll drop something and pick up something new, or maybe just focus on one or two things. I'm not sure, but I, I don't really think I'm spreading myself too thin at the minute. My time is sort of well divided up between them all. Mm. So I would I would probably see myself um, maybe going a little bit more permanently with a radio slot. You know, doing like maybe once a week at the minute. And then maybe as I as I get a little bit older, maybe I'll I'll do some more radio. Um podcasting's podcasting's great. Um love doing that. Don't see that stopping. Um stand up. The idea is it's not to like do bigger and bigger venues. Like that is great to do big venues, but um as long as I think I'm getting better at stand up all the time, then I keep mm-hmm. doing it. And and as long as I'm enjoying it and I couldn't love it anymore at the minute. And then writing, like writing is what I've got big into over lockdown because I sort of had to. Um, I'm working on like a big sort of passion project of mine, a sitcom script um, based in based in Northern Ireland that I've been working on for sort of the guts of like a year or two. Yeah. And, uh, some cool things might be happening with that, but it's one of those ones where like I, I know a million friends that have thought, you know, their script is going to go here or go there. And for the tiniest of reasons, sometimes it doesn't. So... I'm just seeing where that goes, but I'm really enjoying writing at the minute. And there's some great people involved with me on, on the project. So that's got, that is like my main focus at the minute. Um, no more, no more acting really. Or, uh, or, or did you just kind of like peek at that battle of the bone? Was that, was that kind of like, battle um, of the bone, it? yeah, battle of the bone was my, I'd say it's it, hard to top. It's hard to top. Definitely. Um, man, battle of the bone, Jesus Christ. I uh, battle for anyone obviously who doesn't know Battle of the Bones, a 2008 Northern Irish independent zombie film I was in, which uh, is is as good as you think that it would be. <laughs> or just stellar, yeah, yeah, of course. Like the reviews, knock out of the park, like God, so good, so good. <laughs> That's why I'm just hoping that the cinemas reopen. That's all I'm looking to because surely that'll be on you know high priority list when Lollies didn't have releases. That's just going to have a reboost out. Yeah. The only thing it was in eighteen, so I don't know if you didn't bring ID. I don't know if you get in because here's the thing, Connor. I don't know whether you're thirteen or forty-seven. Says a man who literally doesn't age. Like <laughs> I don't. I know. Here's here's the thing. What's going to happen is it's going to catch up with me at some point really fast. I think. I, I look at people I used to go to school with, and I'm like, mate, you're. You know what I mean? You're like you're bald. You're wearing a gilet. You've got chinos on and bow shoes. I was like. I'm wearing, you know, fluorescent green Adidas tracksuit bottoms and a juicy couture hoodie. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm the youthful faced guy. So I don't know what's happening, but I think it will catch up. Yeah. <laughs> it'll just, yeah, the hairline will completely recede one day. Yeah, you know just I mean? liver, yeah. liver spots all over. Like My hairline's the only thing I have going for me. So I need to cling on to this. And if it starts to go a bit, Turkey, I'll be going to Turkey. Uh, that done, get the ears done, come back a different guy. Maybe even not a guy, I don't know, see what happens. <laughs> yeah, play your cards, right? Who knows? <laughs> but here, um, just before we finish off, I did actually put out odds my Instagram with the huge following that I have, just in case anybody want to ask any questions. So I've got a couple of questions from uh some people. I don't if 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 you're happy sure. enough to answer them. Yeah, yeah, far away. Yeah. Right. So um one of these is kind of like a genuine question. It was kind of like similar to what I was asking. The rest of these are a bit more crack. But uh, there's a guy, Corey M. He said, how did you keep the creative juices flowing throughout lockdown? I don't know what particular juices he's talking about. But like he said as well, how do you keep consistent? I mean. For, uh, I, I think um, the output isn't always consistent. Like we were saying earlier, sometimes you have a really good video and you can follow it with an absolute video, a video that's really badly received. You can't really be in control of that. But I think if you put the same amount of work in, then mm. that's the consistency. So I just make sure that I work properly work when I'm working, I take advantage of 
a couple hours at a time when when I, I get to work and um, sort of like work on that with my wife because it's it's you know you have to juggle things with the baby and you, and you have to realize that you know before I would have worked from maybe like 8 a.m till 3 p.m and that was my daily thing whereas now it's like okay here's I'll take a couple hours here and then maybe in the evening I'm going to do a little bit of work there mm-hmm. so I think just just putting the work in the creative juices don't always flow but I think you have to be you have to be in the right mindset that when they do you're ready to like work on that so if I if I wanted to write a load of stand-up but it wasn't coming naturally to me. Well, I'm not going to force that. But what I can do is go and do a little bit of editing that mm. I have to do for the podcast. So it's just always working on something. Always find something for yourself. And if it really isn't coming, don't force it and just fuck, go for a walk, you know? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry if, uh, if obviously people can't see this. Fucking neighbor just dropped over a thing in the middle of me talking to you and scared the shit out of me. Jesus Christ. What? Well, uh, guards. <laughs> That's not two meters apart, Jillian. Jesus. Um, okay. Next question is: Have you ever been starred on? This I'm actually quite interested. In. Have you ever been starred on when interviewing, like, say, whenever you go out into the Holy Lands? Like, have you ever got? Because obviously, you're going to get a mix of people in those kind of areas. But like, has there been ever been anybody you know be like, yeah? Well, I'm sure people are fucking just like shouting bollocks at you, like thousand percent every time we do those holy lands video people just do laps of the holy lands and the same guys will shout different thing every time um, and yeah. yes that happens frequently when i'm doing that and normally we try and get that on camera because stuff like that cuts into the video really well yeah um, and it's natural you know what i mean because if you tried to set that up it would look fake so we try and capture any real interaction that uh, that happen so mm-hmm. um so yeah uh, yeah yeah that happens that happens quite a lot it doesn't happen in like day-to-day life. Like people are generally just very civil and like if they want to talk to you, they will just be nice about it, just come mm. and chat to you. But in terms of people like shouting things like that, uh, yes, it definitely does happen. Sometimes people will shout. Sometimes people just want to shout, all right, mate. Sometimes people <laughs> want to shout a catchphrase from a video or whatever it is, but you know, 99 out of 100 people are very dead on about it. No, not too bad then. Now, next question actually comes from my cousin. You may know her, Jen Finn, big name on campus. Um, but she was asking, will Keith Cruz be making a return in 2021? 100%, yes. I was actually going to do one. I was going to do one last night. But I think I want to take a bit more time to write it. Uh, mm. But yeah, 100%. That's my favorite character to play. So yes, definitely. Also, on the side of this, she's also asked, will you do a sad at her wedding? For the right price, yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll discuss this afterwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Why not? <laughs> go for it. Yeah, well, we got our recording now. So, I mean, yeah, I, I guess it's like a verbal agreement. So, Shane, yeah. thanks so much for doing my cousin's wedding. She'll be absolutely delighted with that. Yeah. yeah. No, no <laughs> now, this last one, I do just want to do really quick fire before, before we get off. I mean, none of this has really been quick fire, but this one, I swear to God, quick fire. Word association, okay? So whatever comes to your mind as soon as I say these, and then after that, I'll let you go because I'm sure you've been fucking bit off for too long today. Yeah. No, 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 you're fine. Okay, so first word off, Ollie's. Velvet rope. Oh, it's only one word, is it? Uh, word any, any kind of association. Okay, goose. <laughs> Belfast. Decent. Decent. Mike McGoldrick. Iconic. BBC. Trying to think of just one word. Um, I know it's supposed to be quick fire and I've gone against it, but I will say um, optimistic. (laughs) Holy Lance. Dirt. Hollywood. <laughs> Heaven. <laughs> Dave Elliott. Twat. <laughs> Lurgan. Buckfast. Bowbells. Cafe? There's a cafe called Bowbells, Donning a Day thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Apparently, I was listening to a podcast earlier where you had a big opinion about Bowbells. I thought that would spark something and be like, a, oh, oh God. I didn't know you knew that, so I presume you didn't know Bowbell's Cafe. So I was like, what? Oh, you what forget. Is a Bowbell? So, okay, I get it. <laughs> Bowbell's Cafe then. Uh, plentiful. Plentiful. Um, Thompson's. Uh, indifferent. 
<laughs> Battle of the Bone. Uh, Oscar. <laughs> T. Great. Arma. Apples. I'm finding interviews. Experience. Expe- oh, wow. <laughs> Well, Shane, thank you so much again for coming on to the show. I appreciate it so much that, I mean, again, I reached out to you years ago and I didn't expect really anything to come from this, to be honest. So, Neither like, I. anybody that... <laughs> no, honestly, like, as I said, everybody that, like, you know, comes on to this, I'm just some spec kid in the internet that reaches out. So anybody that does, especially, like, somebody like yourself, who I've been growing up and appreciate the kind of humour and comedy that you brought to my world, if not many others. Well, thank you. I just really appreciate anybody that takes out the time, especially whenever, you know, you've got fucking children, all the rest of it. Um, I can't imagine what that must be like. So thank you, honestly. And, um, yeah, if people maybe don't, you know, if they want to know you or maybe if they discover you from this podcast, where can they find you then just before we cut off? You can find me or uh, uh, just all social media, just Shane Toller, just my own name. That works. Yeah. No, is there a not, no kind of like sketchy emails I can get to? Like, no. like Big Dick 2000 uh, Hotmail. No, dot, don't be no. stupid. It's 2003. Oh, that's my fault. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, just, just, yeah. All the usual places, YouTube, all that. Just wherever you want. Don't worry about it. Yeah, no worries at all. Well, thanks so much, sir. And have a lovely day. All right. Connor, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. See you later. Bye. Well, there you have it. First episode done of 2021's Finterviews. I'm so delighted to be back on doing this again. And do remember, if you want to follow along, see who's going to be coming out next, or even give me a suggestion who you would like to hear on the show, you can get in touch. I'm on socials at Finterviews or Finterviews Podcast. You'll find me somewhere like that. And yeah, you can just uh, let me know who you would like to hear me chat to next. Until next time, thanks again for coming back and welcome to the new season of Finterviews. Chats later. Bye.